Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same top down, sorry, on that same top menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're sorry. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 26, the transition, with Section 7, uh, the appointed friend, and the first half, or <laughs> sorry. Uh, First half of Section 8, Review of Principles. And at the top of the hour, we will pause for remembering our lesson for the day, Lesson 279, Creation's Freedom Promises My Own. And that, as usual, will be led by Fran this morning. Well, let me ask you, Lori, do you have one of your wonderful noetic openings for this call? I do, Lemoyne, and uh, it's sort of a completion of three days of pieces from Mary Beth Scalise. In light of the last three lessons, let me not bind your son with laws I made. If I am bound, my father is not free. And today, creation's freedom promises my own. The end of this writing, uh, from which I drew uh, the last two openings in this one, goes like this. We are needed. Our Creator desires that we love our life in the real world. This is possible if we let love live us, yielding to the abundant flow of good, of holiness. This is possible as we cultivate the true patience that develops immediate results. This is possible with our expectancy centered in present fulfillment of the plan of love, which includes everyone. Let love live us. Amen. Wow, I got chills. Gorgeous. Yes. Totally. Thank you, Lori. That was beautiful. Thank very, you. Very full, huh? Thank you, guys. She uh, 
very best, Khalees offers some very beautiful things. Thanks. I'm glad you liked it. I did too. Thank you. Loved it. Not liked. Loved it. Hey, well, thank you, Lori. And uh, let's see. Here's what I have today for uh, those who are with us in the reading. I have uh, Lori, Fran, Jennifer, Robin Marie, Karen, Patricia, and I have Lana with us and listening. Is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to just say good morning or join the reading list? Morning, Ms. Sandra. I can read. Great. Thank you, Sandra. Anyone else who would like to go ahead? Good morning. It's Jude. I'll be listening. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Judy. Anyone else who'd like to uh, just say good morning or join the reading list? Good morning, it's Diane. I'll be listening. Welcome, Diane. And ah, just welcome. Thank you. Okay, I'll go ahead and get us started here with section seven. Section seven. In Chapter 26, The Transition, The Appointed Friend. Anything in this world that you believe is good and valuable and worth striving for can hurt you and will do so. Not because it has the power to hurt, but just because you have denied it is but an illusion and made it real. And it is real to you. It is not nothing, and through its perceived reality has entered all the world of sick illusion. All belief in sin, in power of attack, in hurt and harm, in sacrifice and death, all that belief has come to you. For no one can make one illusion real and still escape the rest. For who can choose to keep the ones he prefers and find the safety that truth alone can give? Who can believe illusions are the same and still maintain that even one is best? And Laurie. Chapter 26, The Transition, Section 7, The Appointed Friend. Anything in this world that you believe is good and valuable and worth striving for can hurt you and will do so. Not because it has the power to hurt, but just because you have denied it is but an illusion and made it real. And it is real to you. It is not nothing. And through its perceived reality has entered all the world of sick illusions. 
all belief in sin, power of attack, in hurt and harm, in sacrifice and death, has come to you. For no one can make one illusion real and still escape the rest. For who can choose to keep the ones which he prefers and find the safety that truth alone can give? Who can believe illusions are the same and still maintain that even one is best? Lead not your little lives in solitude with one illusion as your only friend. This is no friendship worthy of God's Son, nor one with which he could remain content. Yet God has given him a better friend in whom all power in earth and heaven rests. The one illusion you think is friend obscures his grace and majesty from you and keeps his friendship and forgiveness from your welcoming embrace. Without him, you are friendless. Seek not another friend to take his place. There is no other friend. What God appointed has no substitute. For what illusion can replace the truth? Thank you, Lori. And friends. 45. Lead not your little lies in solitude with one illusion as your only friend. This is no friendship worthy of God's Son, nor one with which he could remain content. Yet God has given him a better friend, in whom all power in earth and heaven rests. The one illusion that you think is friend obscures his grace and majesty from you and keeps his friendship and forgiveness from your welcoming embrace. Without him, you are friendless. Seek not another friend to take his place. There is no other friend. What God appointed has no substitute. For what illusion can replace the truth? 46. Who dwells with shadows is alone indeed, and loneliness is not the will of God. Would you allow one shadow to usurp the throne that God appointed for your friend if you but realize his emptiness has left yours empty and unoccupied. Make no illusion, friend, for if you do, it can but take the place of him whom God has called your friend, and it is he who is your only friend in truth. He brings you gifts that are not of this world, and only he to whom they have been given can make sure that you receive them. He will place them on your throne when you make room for him on his. Well, thank you, friend. And Jennifer, would you read the 46 and then proceed to the next section with the title? Oh, sure, no problem. Might take a beat, but I'll do it. <laughs> Uh, 46. Who dwells with shadows is alone indeed, and loneliness is not the will of God. Would you allow one shadow to usurp the throne that God appointed for your throne? If you but realize it, its emptiness has left yours empty and unoccupied, 
Make, um, make no illusions, friend, for if you do, it can but take the place of him who God has called you home. And it is he who is your only home in truth. He brings you gifts that are not of this world. And only he to whom they have been given can make sure that you receive them. He will place them on your throne when you make room for him on him. Chapter 26, the transition skill, number 8, Review of Principle 47. This is a course of miracles, and as such, the laws of healing must be understood before the purpose of the course can be accomplished. Let us review the principles that we have covered and arrange them in a way that summarizes all that must occur for healing to be possible. For when it is once is possible, it must occur. All sickness comes from separation. When the separation is denied, it goes. For it is for it is gone as soon as the idea which brought it has been healed and been replaced by sanity. Sickness and sin are seen as consequence and cause in a relationship kept hidden from awareness that it may be carefully preserved from reasons like. Thank you, Jennifer and Robin Marie. Chapter 26, The Transition. 8, Review of Principles. 47, this is a course in miracles, and as such, the laws of healing must be understood before the purpose of the course can be accomplished. Let us review the principles that we have covered and arrange them in a way that summarizes all that must occur for healing to be possible. For when it once is possible, it must occur. All sickness comes from separation. When the separation is denied, it goes. For it is gone as soon as the idea which brought it has been healed and been replaced by sanity. Sickness and sin are seen as consequence and cause in a relationship kept hidden from awareness that it may be carefully preserved from reason's light. 48. Guilt asks for punishment, and its request is granted, not in truth, but in the world of shadows and illusions built on sin. The Son of God perceives what he would see because perception is a wish fulfilled. Perception changes made to take the place of changeless knowledge. Yet is truth unchanged. It cannot be perceived, but only known. What is perceived takes many forms, but none has meaning. Brought to truth, 
its senselessness is quite apparent. Kept apart from truth, it seems to have a meaning and be real. Thank you, Robin Murray and Karen. 48. Guilt asks for punishment, and its request is granted. Not in truth, but in the world of shadows and illusions built on sin. The Son of God perceives what he would see because perception is a wish fulfilled. Perception changes made to take the place of changeless knowledge, yet in truth yet is truth unchanged. It can not be perceived, but only known. What is perceived takes many forms, but none has meaning. Brought to truth, its senselessness is quite apparent. Kept apart from truth, it seems to have a meaning and be real. 49. Perception's laws are opposite to truth, and what is true of knowledge is not true of anything that is apart from it. Yet yet has God given answer to the world of sickness, which applies to all its forms. God's answer is eternal, though it operates in time where it is needed. Yet because it is of God, The laws of time do not affect its workings. It is in this world, but not a part of it. For it is real and dwells where all reality must be. Ideas leave not their source and their effect, but seems to be apart from them. Ideas are of the mind. What is projected out and seems to be external to the mind is not outside at all, but in effect of what is in and has not left its source. Thank you, Karen. And Patricia? 49. Perception law are opposite to truth. And what is true of knowledge is not true of anything that is apart from it. Yet, has God given answer to the world of sickness, which applies to all its forms? God's answer is eternal. Though it operates in time where it is needed. Yet because it is of God, the laws of time do not affect its workings. It is in this world, but not a part of it. For it is real and dwells where all reality must be. Ideas leave not their source, and their effects that seem to be apart from them. Ideas 
are of the mind. What is projected out and seems to be external to the mind is not outside at all, but an effect of what is in and has not left its source. 50. God's answer lies where the belief in sin must be, for only there can its effects be utterly undone and without cause. Perception's laws must be reversed because they are reversals of the laws of truth. The laws of truth forever will be true and cannot be reversed, yet can be seen as upside down. And this must be corrected where the illusion of reversal lies. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia and Sandra. Sorry, just lost my place. What are we? What paragraph? I just have to go back. Lemoyne, what paragraph are we on? I just lost my place. So. Oops, sorry, I'm on mute there. God's answer lies where the belief in sin must be, for only there its effects be for only there can its effects be utterly undone and without cause. Perception's laws must be reversed because they are reversals of the law's truth. The laws of truth forever will be true and cannot be reversed, yet can be seen as upside down. And this must be corrected where the illusions of reversal lies. It is impossible that one illusion be less amenable to truth than are the rest. But it is possible that some are given greater value and less willingly offered to truth for healing and for help. No illusions, no illusion has any truth in it, yet it appears some are more true than others. Although this clearly makes no sense at all, all that a hierarchy of illusions can show is preference, not reality. What relevance has preference to the truth? Illusions are illusions and are false. Your preference gives them no reality. Not one is true in any way, and all must yield with equal ease to what God gave as answer to them all. God's will is one, and any wish that seems to go against his will has no foundation in truth. Thank you, Sandra. And is there a new reader for 51 and 52? 
A new reader for 51 and 2. Okay, back to you, Lori. It is impossible that one vision be less amenable to truth than are the rest. But it is possible that some are given greater value and less willingly offered to truth for healing and for help. No illusion has any truth in it. Yet it appears that some are more true than others, although this clearly makes no sense at all. All that a hierarchy of illusions can show is preference, not reality. What relevance has preference to the truth? Illusions are illusions and are false. Your preference gives them no reality. Not one is true in any way, and all must yield with equal ease to what God gave as answer to them all. God's will is one, and any wish which seems to go against his will has no foundation in the truth. Sin is not error, for it goes beyond correction to impossibility. Yet the belief that it is real has made some errors seem forever past the hope of healing and the lasting grounds for hell. If this were so, would heaven be opposed by its own opposite, as real as it? Then would God's will be split in two, and all creation be subjected to the laws of two opposing powers until God becomes impatient splits the world apart and relegates attack unto himself. Thus has he lost his mind, proclaiming sin has taken his reality from him and brought his love at last to vengeance heals. For such an insane picture, an insane defense can be expected, but cannot establish that the picture must be true. Thank you, Lori. Good friend. 52. Sin is not error, for it goes beyond corruption to impossibility. Yet the belief that it is real has made some error seem forever past the hope of healing and the lasting grounds for hell. If this were so, <clears throat> would heaven be opposed by its own opposite as real as it? <clears throat> Excuse me. Then will God's will be split in two, and all creation be subjected to the laws of two opposing powers, until God becomes impatient, splits the world apart, and relegates attack unto himself. Thus has he lost his mind, proclaiming sin has taken his reality from him, and brought his love at last to vengeance heals. For such an insane picture, an insane defense can be expected but cannot establish that the picture must be true. 53. Nothing gives meaning where no meaning is, and truth needs no defense to make it true. Illusions have no witnesses and no effects. Who looks on them is but deceit. Forgiveness is the only function here and serves to bring the joy this world denies to every aspect of God's Son where sin was thought to rule. Perhaps you do not see the role forgiveness plays in ending death 
and all beliefs that rise from myths of guilt. Thank you, Fran and Jennifer. 53. Nothing gives meaning where no meaning is. And truth needs no defense to make it true. Illusions have no witnesses and no effects. Who looks online is but deceased. Forgiveness is the only function here and serves to bring the joy this world denies to every aspect of God's Son, where sin was thought to rule. Perhaps you do not see the role forgiveness plays in ending death and all beliefs that lie from this of guilt. 54. Sins are beliefs which you impose between your brother and yourself. They limit you to time and place and give a little space to you, another little space to him. The separating off is symbolized in your perception by a body which is clearly separate and a thing apart. Yet what this symbol represents is but your wish to be apart and separate. Forgiveness takes away what stands between your brother and yourself. It is the wish that you be joined with him and not apart. We call it quote unquote wish because it still conceives all other choices and has not yet reached beyond the world of choice entirely. Thank you, Jennifer and Robin Murray. <clears throat> 54. Sins are beliefs which you impose between your brother and yourself. They limit you to time and place and give a little space to you, another little space to him. This separating off is symbolized in your perception by a body which is clearly separate and a thing apart. Yet what the simple repre- symbol represents is but your wish to be apart and separate. Forgiveness takes away what stands between your brother and yourself. It is the wish that you be joined with him and not apart. We call it quote, wish, unquote, because it still conceives of other choices and has not yet reached beyond the world of choice entirely. 55. Yet is this wish in line with heaven's state and not in opposition to God's will? Although it falls far short of giving you your full inheritance, 
it does remove the obstacles which you have placed between the heaven where you are and recognition of where and what you are. Facts are unchanged, yet facts can be denied and thus unknown, though they were known before they were denied. Thank you, Robin Murray and Karen. 55. Yet, is this wish in line with heaven's state and not in opposition to God's will? Although it falls short, falls far short of giving you your full inheritance, it does remove the obstacles which you have placed between the heaven where you are and recognition of where and what you are. Facts are unchanged, yet facts can be denied and thus unknown, though they are, were known before they were denied. 56. Salvation, perfect and complete, ask but a little wish, that what is true be true, a little willingness to overlook what is not there, a little sigh that speaks for heaven as a preference to this world, which death and desolation seem to rule. In joy's answer will creation rise within you to replace the world you see with heaven, holy, perfect, and complete. What is forgiveness but a willingness that truth be true? What can remain unhealed and broken from a unity which holds all things within itself? There is no sin, and every miracle is possible the instant that the Son of God perceives his wishes and the will of God are one. Thank you, Karen. And Patricia. 56. Salvation, perfection, and complete. Asks but a little wish that what is true be true. A little willingness to overlook what is not there. A little sigh that speaks for heaven as a preference to this world, which death and desolation seem to rule. In joyous answer will creation rise within you to replace the world you see with heaven, holy perfect, and complete. What is forgiveness but a willingness that truth be true? What can remain unhealed and broken from a unity which holds all things within itself? There is no 
and every miracle is possible the instant that the Son of God perceives his wishes and the will of God are one. 57. What is the will of God? He wills his sons have everything. He wills his son have everything, and this he guaranteed when he created him as everything. It is impossible that anything be lost if what you have is what you are. This is the miracle by which creation became your function, sharing it with God. It is not understood apart from him and therefore has no meaning in this world. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. And Sandra. 57. What is the will of God? He wills his son have everything, and this he guaranteed when he created him as everything. It is impossible that anything be lost if what you have is what you are. This is the miracle by which creation became your function, sharing it with God. It is not understood apart from him, capital H, and therefore has no meaning in the world. 58. Here does the Son of God ask not too much but far too little. He would sacrifice his own identity with everything, to find a little treasure of his own. And this he cannot do without a sense of isolation, loss, and loneliness. This is the treasure he has sought to find. And he could only be afraid of it. Sorry. And he could only be afraid of it. Is fear a treasure? Can uncertainty be what you want? Or is it a mistake about your will and what you really are? Or is it a mistake about your will and what you really are? Let us consider what the error is so it can be corrected, not protected. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. And... And Lori, would you read 58 and 59? Sure. Um, I think I need to back up just a couple of sentences. Into 57, it is impossible that anything be lost if what you have is what you are. This is the miracle by which creation became your function, sharing it with God. It is not understood apart from him 
and therefore has no meaning in this world. Here does the Son of God ask not too much, but far too little. He would sacrifice his own identity with everything to find a little treasure of his own. And this he cannot do without a sense of isolation, loss, and loneliness. This is the treasure he has sought to find, and he could only be afraid of it. Is fear a treasure? Can uncertainty be what you want? Or is it a mistake about your will and what you really are? Let us consider what the error is so it can be corrected, not protected. And did you say 59, Lemoyne? Um, yes, please. Okay. Sin is a belief that attack can be projected outside the mind where the belief arose. Here is the firm conviction that ideas can leave their source made real and meaningful. And from this error does the world of sin and sacrifice arise. This world is an attempt to prove your innocence while cherishing attack. Failure lies in that you still feel guilty, though without understanding why. Effects are seen as separate from your source and seem to be beyond you to control or to prevent. Thus, what is thus kept apart can never join. Uh, thank you, Lori. And Fran, would you read uh, would you read fifty nine, please? Just fifty nine. Sure, sure. Fifty nine. Sin is belief. Attack can be projected outside the mind where the belief arose. Here is the firm conviction that ideas can leave their source, made real and meaningful. And from this error does the world of sin and sacrifice arise. This world is an attempt to prove your innocence while cherishing attack. Its failure lies in that you still feel guilty, though without understanding why. Effects are seen as separate from their source and seem to go to be beyond you to control or to prevent. What is thus kept apart can never join. Uh, thank you, Fran. And I just want to add one more sentence here from the 60. Cause and effect are one, not separate. And uh, with that, I... I ask to give your attention to Fran as she leads us in today's lesson. Thank you, Fran. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook. The theme we're on is What is the Christ? And the lesson for today is Lesson 279, Creation's Freedom Promises My Own. So I shall read some from What is the Christ? And then we'll go to the lesson and do our five-minute practice. What is the Christ? Christ is God's Son, as he created him. He is the self we share, uniting us with one another and with God as well. He is the thought which still abides within the mind that is his source. 
He has not left his holy home, nor lost the innocence in which he was created. He abides unchanged forever in the mind of God. When forgiveness rests upon the world, and peace has come to every son of God, what could remain to keep things separate? For what remains to see except Christ's face? And how long will this holy face be seen? when it is but the symbol that the time for learning now is over and the goal of the atonement has been reached at last. So therefore, let us seek to find Christ's face and look on nothing else. As we behold his glory, will we know we have no need of learning or perception or of time or anything except the Holy Self, the Christ whom God created as his own. We'll go over to our lesson. Lesson 279, creation's freedom promises my own. The end of dreams is promise me, because God's son is not abandoned by his love. Only in dreams is there a time where he appears to be in prison and awaits a future freedom, if it be at all. Yet in reality, his dreams are gone, with truth established in their place, and now is freedom his already. Should I wait in chains which have been severed for release when God is offering me freedom now? I will accept your promises today and give my faith to them. My Father loves the Son whom he created as his own. Would you withhold the gifts you gave to me? Lesson 279 Creation's freedom promises my own. Five minutes.
Lesson 279, Creation's Freedom, Promises My Own. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you. Fran. Thank you, Fran. Amen. Fran, do Thank you, you want to share on that? Let me think about it. Let me think about it. It. Yeah, um, when he talks about being in prison, I, I had a share on the earlier call. I'll share yesterday. I had a bunch of little problems, and I spent the day trying to solve them, trying to fix them. And uh, when I woke up this morning before my first call, I got a message that I didn't really fix them right. And I we had a meditation. So in the meditation, I heard, stop trying to fix things. Let things be as they are. And I realized that I had put myself in prison by deciding how everything should be. It had to be the way I wanted it to be. And I kept hearing, let it go. Let it go. Have faith and let it go. And so I... It, and then I heard, let it go and enjoy the day. I heard that. Enjoy the day. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm not going to try to fix anything. I'm going to let it go and enjoy the day. <laughs> I'm complete. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, for Fran. Your share this morning was such an opening to me, and um, I wanted to share back to you where it took me. Um, also, before that, uh, Sandra was saying judgment, you know, is is the problem. If I judge something, then I'm not happy or satisfied with it. Um, creation's freedom. What is creation's freedom? It says in one of the paragraphs that we read, and I stepped away from my text at the moment, but it was saying, I am everything and I have everything. That's how God created me. God created me as the Christ. So if I'm identified with creation, I am identified with the Christ self. And I have ultimate freedom because I'm part of everything. And everything is one with me and I have everything. And then um, I was thinking of what you said this morning. Let all things be exactly as they are. And I thought, okay, I can't judge what's going on. I can't judge what's going on because I don't know where it's going to lead and who needs to learn what and what everyone else's curriculum is. And, you know, me being upset about how it seems to me in my, in my interpretation um, is based on my judgments and that's my ego because the Holy Spirit doesn't judge. It just extends love. Creation, freedom is love. I, in love, I am home. In love, I am safe. In love, I am extending God in the true sense of what I am. I am Christ. 
Um, but then I, then I went down a layer, and it doesn't mean accepting the illusion, and this isn't about what anyone else shared. It's just where it took me this morning is that I'm, I'm um, trying to accept illusions. I'm trying to let the illusions be exactly as they are. That's, that needed a little tweak for me because it's not about accepting my illusions as they are. It's about accepting creation freedom as it is. I keep praying, you know, God help me, save me, fix this, do this, because I'm in a state of fear and I'm self-identified with a part of me that can't control anything and is being victimized and attacked. But that's the mistake. The mistake is the misidentification. Even to pray to God, please fix this and heal this and help them and all of that, that, all of it is wrong. Because if I'm standing in the truth of I am as God created me, nothing needs to be fixed. Let all things be exactly as they are. I rest in God. I need do nothing. I am as God created me. I can just step back in the stillness and trust. The Holy Spirit knows how to, how to work this out. And I will try it to just be willing to do what I'm told to do, which if the Holy Spirit were, were to say to me in this moment that I should take in my mother, I would have a huge problem with that. <laughs> you know, I don't think my ego is healed enough to do that. But, 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 but if the Holy Spirit tells me to do something, I will try to be willing. I will definitely try to be willing and give my willingness to whatever guidance God gives me. But in the meantime, I need to just be open to it and not have all this um, misidentification with the outer world. It's a misidentification with all of the illusions of the world. I think that's enough. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Sandra, for saying don't judge. I mean, really, you can't say it enough because I still do it and I still don't get it. But and there are many things I don't get, and sometimes I think I don't get this group and this call because it seems like I just can't um, stay established in the right mind, and I can't even understand what Judy says, <laughs> you know, and sometimes everybody's too abstract for me, and I keep trying to bring it down to how I can apply it to my, you know, to my personal experience right now. I mean, maybe in time I will understand more. I'm complete. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was great. Thank you. That was phenomenal. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. It's so strange. I mean, the same thing happens to me. Sometimes, like, I get on the call and I hear these words and I'm like, what in the world are we talking about? And then, and then my brain clears up and I go, oh, yeah, it's right now. <laughs> and we can be happy. I, it, I totally understand what you were saying, Karen, about sometimes it's just in, my brain is just not there. <laughs> but the call really helps. It really does help. Thank you, everybody.
Oh, you made me laugh a lot. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Robert. I'm enjoying the day. (laughs) This is Sandra, and I just want to thank not only Robin Marie, but but Karen, that share was just so complete, and it it was just magnificent. And I will say it again about judgment, that the only thing that, uh, you know, blocks my freedom creation's freedom is my judgment and and I judge because I don't think my needs are being met that's why I judge but the truth is that I am God's daughter complete and healed and whole now there's parts of me that don't believe that I don't believe I'm complete and healed and whole but it said it in this reading, the text that, that, you know, my only friend is the Holy Spirit. So there's my friend thing all taken care of. Holy Spirit gives me that friendship, gives me that guidance, gives me that connection. And it also says in this book that there is no love but God. So I get my love directly from how God defines who I am. And God says, I will meet all your needs. I will give you love and I will give you the Holy Spirit as a friend. Now I am, when I totally embrace and embody that, I am complete and healed and whole. Now it's my responsibility. For, it, it, it's not, I don't want to even use the word responsibility, too much pressure. That in order for me to know my completeness and my wholeness, I got to share it. But if I'm sharing my judgment because I don't think my needs are being met, when my needs have all been met, I've got love, I've got the love of God, and I've got the Holy Spirit, and now I have to extend that out into the world in order for me to really know and experience that love and that friendship. And it's, this is, this is, Oh my God. I mean, I've been, I judge people all the time because they don't reciprocate the way I want them. I, I'm not getting my needs met, right? No, no, no. This is so, oh my God, what a purification process we are all going through. I'm complete. That was beautiful, Sandra. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Yeah, Just keep thank it you coming. So much. Keep reinforcing it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're, hi, this is Patricia. You're all pulling uh, forward such uh, treasures for me. And the uh, quote uh, out of Karen's um, powerful share was, um, you know, uh, hearing my some family members, people, who love me so much, saying, you know, you're too abstract. I never understand a single thing you're trying to say. (laughs) And um, that's kind of, that would be, you know, on my tombstone, if that was the total of Patricia's, their experience, that'd be the common denominator. And, oh, does my Lord love it right now. 
because everything you're saying, see, you're giving me, oh, this is the new language here. Catch this one, catch that one. And the current one to get grounded with this um, spacey quality I have is I'm a more honest right in that moment. And it's stunning me like no end because it's, oddly uncomfortable it's so strange to be maybe in a critical state where mom you got to tell us you know yes or no right or wrong or whatever and all i can say is you guys i i'm in this other side full time and right now i can tell you it's really hard for me to learn to trust and i I have, I'm telling you that I'm quiet right now until I can find something perfect about what's going on. Or whatever it would be that I'm going through, you guys, you're giving me more, more volume in my soul to be present with just simply say things like this one which came up recently. Well, honey, I'm learning the difference between doing something right now that's going to make me feel better or whether it's going to be something that God and he or she are working through that need me to support it. And I don't know the difference, hon, right now because I'm so uncomfortable. I just want somebody to say it's okay. And then the one listening to me softens with her urgency and says, oh, I want to feel okay too. And what if, what if what he's doing or she's doing, they just need to work it out with God and they'll come to us. And we're here to go play in the garden or give joy so they can come to us and see them perfect the way they are. And then suddenly we don't feel so uncomfortable, not able to stop the crisis. But at first, I have to admit, I don't know the difference right now, you guys, because I want an answer so bad that I can't trust. i got to just be silent. So that one point there of knowing the difference, whether this is just for my comfort, what if I let go of that and say God's doing something perfect? Non-interference. Non-interference might be what I, I heard myself say and my daughter like went, oh, gotcha, Mom. And it was in the real practice of the day. Mm -hmm. So I'm learning to be more grounded. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. That was wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Very meaningful. Thank you so much. Just beautiful. I love the grounded part. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia, and everybody. Um, I, this is Jennifer, and I want to segue into this, this uh, 
conversation we're having um, about separation and um, looking at my own life currently and what that looks like I'm reviewing right now. And I'm seeing um, uh, where guilt is coming up um, in little flickers and where it's uh, like in paragraph 47, revealing the principles, um, when the separation is denied, it goes. How does that happen? It goes. It goes in the quiet that uh, Patricia just got done um, expressing that she feels she needs to do, which is, I, I totally support that. <clears throat> in the pause, in the pause, in a moment of stress and, and feeling uh, like you're not connected, I can't give anybody anything of truth until I receive it. And the only way I'm going to receive it is through quiet, grounded pause. It could be in a second. It could be in days. But allowing myself that grace, that love, is, is the Christ within me rising for myself and preparing my temple my being um, to be ready to for myself first and then to mirror it and extend it for everybody else, knowingly, unknowingly. Uh, sickness and sin are seen as consequence and cause in a relationship hidden. Oh, all the things I hide, I keep hidden from my awareness. Um, Guilt, uh, healing my guilt, guilt comes up in all kinds of little flickers and ways as I speak words or I take an action throughout my day. That is showing me not a challenge so much anymore, but in truth is my opportunity to pause and say, Lord, uh, above all else, I want to see the truth in me. How am I separating? How am I perceiving in all the ways that I'm perceiving a lack of love in all these different uh, kaleidoscope ways of, of life happening, coming to me um, as a gift to heal um, and be brought to the truth again? And... Um, so in 50, God's answer lies where the belief in sin must be. So show me, show me, show me these places, God. That's my prayer. And um, so I can be standing upright in truth and be an extension for myself first and then you. I'm going to say amen. I pass. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Well, thank you, Jennifer.
Oh, thank you, everyone, for reading, reading to me, for me today. It's Jude. I have um, looking at this word freedom in the lesson creation. God is creation. God is the truth. God is love. Love's freedom promises my own. God's freedom promises my own. Creation's freedom promises my own. That truth is everywhere, always, already, always has been, always will be. And um, it's changeless. And heaven is my home. I'm at home in the mind of God. I'm purely mind, purely consciousness itself, at one with my source. Now, these are really huge, huge ideas. Sitting in stillness and really contemplating what they mean and learning to identify with them and letting go of the dream, what the Buddhists call maya, that this whole thing is is an illusion. And, you know, that's the big pill that is so hard for, for all of us, was for me, to swallow and I'm still trying to swallow it, you know, that my body is a dream. It's an illusion. It's a part of the, the, the dream of God, the dream of the Son of God, the one Son of God who I'm trying to awaken to, the reality of who I am, that we are one mind, one Son. And there's no peoples in, in that. It, all the peoples are the part of the dream, a part of the illusion. People don't get enlightened. The light is light itself, the light of consciousness itself. It's beyond mind and beyond the body's mind and beyond people's because everything is included in it. Everything is an idea in the mind of God, the one thought, capital thought, that is creation itself, that's constantly changing and expressing itself. But that what, which is an expression, express, expression is after the fact. It's always in the past. Anything that my body's eyes can see is already in the past. The moment now is gone, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. We read about this yesterday. That just being aware in the present is a constant and consistent and changeless state of heavenly holiness that wholly embraces everything in love as love knows itself to be itself. It's just complete and total in its mindful awareness of itself. And the simplicity of it, I mean, it all sounds very complicated, but... It's really just a simple way of relaxing and being spirit and knowing that I need really just relax because I'm not in charge of any of it. God's in charge of Jude. God's doing Jude. Life is doing Jude. Thank you, Lori, for that beautiful opening. I think that was part of it, a line in it that said life is, life is living me. Life is creation. Creation is God. God's will is the totality of reality. 
God's will is the total of reality. And we can't slice and dice it, name it, and separate any part from any other part of it. That's what makes it one and whole and complete. We're coming to the end of the text again. We're coming to the end of the lessons again. And the end of the dream is to know that Judy is an illusion in the dream. (laughs) I'm the dreamer that needs to wake up to the fact that I am one with the source of all of it. And I'm not in charge of it. There's only one authority, and that's my father. But I certainly can be in harmony with it, in accord with it, and recognize that it's one with me, and not oppose any of it. Just let God be God in every part of it, because God is in all of it, and in every part of it. So, ergo, there I go again. I love you all. And peace is a condition. The aim of this course is to know that absolute peace is a condition for knowing, capital knowing, who I am. So be be at peace today. Relax. Relax, relax, relax. And welcome everything. Embrace everything and the wholeness of your being, because it is a part of you. Everything is everything is a part of us. We're all in this together as one. Creation's freedom promises my own. I'm free to be Jude, and everybody is free to be itself, and allowing God to be God in everything is the promise that I share with everything. Let it be, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom. I would not imprison anyone or anything because then I imprison me. I accept God's promises. I read a line this morning and it was about the holy instant and we're talking a lot about time and uh, and dying every instant and every moment and every moment of every hour and every hour and every day, dying to the past. It's gone, gone, gone. The past is gone. Let it go. And in the holy instant, I suspend the faithlessness. What is faithlessness? Belief in a body, belief in the world, belief in the dream. I suspend my faithlessness. I suspend my faithlessness. I am being unfaithful to myself and unfaithful to God when I believe in the dream, when I have faith in the dream. This is what I'm working on today, suspending my faithlessness and putting my faith in the Holy Spirit in every holy rolling instant to restore my mind to the one-mindedness of God, our holiness, our completion, and our wholeness as one. I am complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy.
Thank you, Judy. This is Patricia again with a quick funny one that's currently in play with me. I've got these angels that I gave them the role to take on those characters in Ghostbusters. And I have each of them with those those um, blasting Hello. types of tools. And I use them to blast away at ideas and thoughts and things that are that are in the way of just being love. And today, you guys, the Ghostbuster team of angels told me, honey, we've decided we're spraying fabric softener all day over every thought you have. And as far as we're concerned, it's the new thing. Fabric softener is where we're at. Spray it around every word. Spray it around every thing you do, especially every complete exhale and brand new inhale. We got a brand new world going. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. All I can think of is bubbles. <laughs> nice Thank visual. You. Thank you, Patricia. That's uh, <laughs> I used to do that with my thoughts, like little cartoon in a cartoon strip. I would see myself like as from outside of myself. You know, awareness, witnessing Jude go and Jude thinking and Jude talking, and I'd. I put my thoughts into little cartoon bubbles, and I would just pop them, just pop them. They're gone, pop, 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 because, it, you know, the first lessons say all the thoughts that we think are meaningless because we're, we're thinking and perceiving from this illusion of a separate self in a body, and this is all a part of the dream. And to give any of it any meaning, and it, and it speaks of it, you know, the meaninglessness of the dream that we, we invest it with value. And what we value in the dream is just an idol, another idol in the dream, as is our body in, in this illusory state. So letting it all go, everything, letting it all go is one big cartoon <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of the bubbles. Good reading. So yes, I was just going to ask you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you guys, this is so beautiful. You know, uh, that little fragment of mind that wants to know, understand, and grasp everything in a chunk um, has really screwed up my perception of everything, and. Uh, and that's what he's what he's uh, trying to help me understand. First of all, by telling me I have an appointed friend. 
capital friend the one the one aspect of the Trinity uh, that he says is symbolic but in point of fact is my designated go-to place will never withhold truth from me who just like in what is Christ paragraph 4 says the Holy Spirit reaches from the Christ in you to all your dreams and bids them come to him to be translated into truth and when I give what is he asking me to give what what is he asking me to give but my my um, he's asking me to give my sense of I'm in charge of everything to the Holy Spirit that's what he's asking me to do and when I give him place on my throne give him place on his throne he will give me gifts he will give me gifts and assure me that I'm placed on my own throne in other words the Son of God the Son of God the Christ is um, Christ is the Son of God as he was created you know what I, I read something just really really magnificent the other day way back in chapter 7 he said God created you by extending himself as you not in you like you uh, anything like that but extending himself as you the Holy Spirit will always remind me of that truth the truth of my identity and all I need to do is give him or her <laughs> my willingness uh, to be taught to be instructed to learn my appointed friend the first time I um, I seriously uh, started to um, to express my sincere desire to understand these principles uh, because I wanted nothing else um, I wanted nothing else I mean nothing else <laughs> um, it was as if I threw myself away wanting nothing else and it was shortly after that I mean I had a holy instant it was shortly after that that for the first time I went to California and saw the ocean and I was in my 30s and we went swimming and you, you know when you swim in the sea you get that instant sense of buoyancy and effortlessness you know and I thought oh my god this is just what it's like to give place to Holy Spirit I'm suddenly buoyed up and when I um, brought that image to these principles uh, it landed finally um, in an image I'm on the ocean and the sea is holding me up the everything has me but there I am with my pool noodle <laughs> and as a consequence of my pool noodle I see everyone in the sea with me as having another pool noodle bigger better taller more buoyant or prettier or or some preference you know a sea of preferences I like this better than that 
And now I'm no longer feeling buoyed by the everything, but I'm thrust into a world of comparisons and contrasts and preferences, all based on the fact that we all must hold on to this pool noodle or be lost. And uh, that image, um, I think, is a pretty excellent metaphor, or at least to my understanding, was a pretty excellent metaphor for these principles. If I believe that I must rely on this pool noodle, my ego and body, the same illusion, then I believe in separation. And I'm insane. That's the first principle. The second principle says that truth will correct all my illusions. Yes, indeed, you are buoyed by the love of God. And that is the truth of everything. And everything is similarly buoyed by the love of God. The, the sea, if you will, the all of everything, the universe of everything, the source of everything that is. Everything is truth as God created it. My ego pool noodle sense of separation and comparison preferences doesn't allow me to see that. But when I'm willing to loosen my control on this thing I'm holding on to, this construct of my beliefs, my preferences, my um, comparisons and contrasts, my belief that I have need of this to hold me, when I'm willing just ever so little to let go of that, um, I'm moving toward truth and away from illusion. And here's the astounding principle of all, number three. In paragraph 50, he wants me to know that God's answer is in my mind. It's not out there in the world of pool noodles. It's not on the waves. It's not an aspect or a tiny piece of truth. God's answer is everything. And it's all contained in the Holy Spirit. He said, the spirit that was in me is also in you. I went to spirit to get my answers. I was a man who remembered the soul and its knowledge. And the same spirit that is in you was in me, the spirit of truth. This is God's answer. This God's answer is in my mind. What need have I if I am the ocean? I am, I am a drop in the ocean. I might, wait now, I have to say this exactly right because I always get it twisted. You are not a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in the drop. We know that quote. We've heard it hundreds of times. And I still twist it wrong, but I know the feeling. I know the direct experience of being held in one with, in continuity with, as part of the ocean without need of ego and body pool noodle. Why is that? Because God's answer, the truth, is in my mind. In the same place that I thought I needed this pool noodle, in the same place as that is, I asked this senseless stranger to come in and take my place. And then I identified with it, the pool noodle. But God's answer is in my mind. 
And because of that, it guarantees, it guarantees that I will know. If I don't know, I will know that I'm not a drop in the ocean, but I am the entire ocean in a drop. Why? Because God created me by extending himself as me. Sandra, I love the way you you say, my Holy Spirit, my answer, my truth. I need claim that. And by claiming that, I loosen the feeling that I must hang on to this ego body illusion. That's principle number three. Principle number four is in paragraph 53. Forgiveness is my only function here and brings joy to every heart because in the place where I believe sin to be is my truth. I'm not a drop in the ocean. I'm the entire ocean in the drop. It's the function of the Holy Spirit to bring the broken parts of the Son of God back together again so that we collectively know we are the sea. We are the Christ as God created us, extending himself as us. We don't need that pool noodle. We don't need that belief in sin. And because we don't need it, we can let it go. And that's forgiveness. How how is God going to let me drown when I let go of this ego body illusion? No. Because in truth, I'm already in the mind of God, holy as I was created as himself, he says. I don't need this. Sin, sin is the belief that I do, and everybody else does, and we hold each other off, you know, using this pool noodle, we hold each other off, when in truth, when I forgive, when I let that illusion go, I realize what's joined is already joined. I don't have to rush out and join with them. We already are. We belong so thoroughly to each other. We are the ocean, collectively. When I forgive, all I'm doing is saying, hold me up, Lord. Hold me up, because I know in truth you do. And I don't need this belief that my brother's wrong so that I can be right. I don't need to make anyone else responsible for my thoughts and feelings because with their forgiveness, I can let them go. And no one becomes responsible for how my mind works because my mind is part of God's. I am very holy. I'm not a drop in the ocean. I'm the ocean in a drop. Principle five is like forgiveness. It's another illusion. You know, the illusion is the pool noodle. But forgiveness is a step toward the realization of salvation. Just a wish that truth be true. Oh, you know that feeling of relaxing in the sea? You've been striving, 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 fighting, 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 bouncing on the waves, tossed this way and that. Salvation is released from all of that. I don't need that. That's not the truth. I move with love. 
love moves through me love moves me and this is our collective will this is what we what we are God created us by extending himself as us that's why principle number six in paragraph 57 is the truth God created you as everything and you have everything the holy instant is you know he says the separation was not a loss of perfection this tiny mad idea was not a loss of perfection it was a failure in communication that's why my appointed friend my Holy Spirit when I give him place on his throne he'll give me my place on mine he'll restore to me the awareness that I'm not a drop in the ocean I'm an ocean in the drop I have and am everything the soul knows he says the soul knows that it has and is everything and until I recognize that I will not be satisfied the Son of God cannot be satisfied with anything but the truth I'll feel a lack a loss and incompleteness until I recognize the truth of the soul I was a man who remembered the soul and its knowledge from the bottom up I let go of this need to control and hold on to the ego body illusion three favorite quotes of mine in this regard and I wrote them down somewhere <laughs> they're there if 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 you want um, if you want a place to anchor uh, what I just said three quotes that guide me are in chapter 4 paragraph 20 chapter 8 paragraph 39 and 40 and chapter 3 paragraph 58 59 I won't read them now because I went too long I'm complete God, Lori, that was just fabulous. I love that. <laughs> totally. I just love that pool noodle. You know, I used to be so afraid of the water and swimming, and I think this is how afraid the ego is of letting itself go. That I, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to drown in this ocean. And um, just such a beautiful, beautiful share. But could you repeat again? those three things I only got half of it thank you or maybe could you read them by any chance <laughs> I think I have the tabs open I you know I really can't resist in chapter 4 in chapter 4 in paragraph 12 he said it's natural enough for you for the ego to try and protect itself once you've made it but it is not natural for you to want to obey its laws unless you believe in them all these last three lessons are right there the ego cannot make this choice I can't ask my ego to let go of its belief in itself without the belief in buoyancy the ego cannot make this choice because of the nature of its origin 
You can't because of the nature of yours. Egos can clash in any situation, but souls cannot clash at all. If you perceive a teacher as merely a larger ego, you'll be afraid of it because to enlarge an ego is to increase separation, anxiety. I will teach you. I will teach you this Christ mind. I will teach you and live with you if you will think like me, with me. But my goal will always be to absolve you finally from the need for a teacher. Okay? Buoyancy. In paragraph 20 in that same section, I will substitute for your ego if you wish, but never for your soul. A father can safely leave a child with an elder brother who has shown himself responsible, but this involves no confusion about the child's origin. The ocean had a drop. The brother can protect the child's body and his ego, which are very closely related, but he does not confuse himself with the father with the ocean because he does this, although the child may. I can be entrusted with your body and your ego. Isn't that something? I can be entrusted. This is Christ's guidance. I can be entrusted with your body and your ego simply because this enables you not to be concerned with them and lets me teach you their unimportance. I could not understand their importance to you if I had not been tempted myself to believe in them. Now, over in paragraph chapter 8, in paragraph 39, I'm going to go with 38 first. God's oneness and ours are not separate because his oneness encompasses ours. You see, to join with me is to restore his power to you because we are sharing it. I offer you only the recognition of his power in you. But in that lies all truth. As we unite, we unite with him. Glory be to the union of God and his holy sons. All glory lies in them because they are united. The miracles we do bear witness to the will of the Father for his Son and to our joy in uniting with his will for us. When you unite with me, you're uniting without the ego. Because I have renounced the ego in myself and therefore cannot unite with yours. No pool noodle combinations. Our union is therefore the way to renounce the ego in yourself. Truth in both of us is beyond the ego. By willing that, you've gone beyond it toward truth. Our success in transcending the ego is guaranteed by God. And I can share my perfect confidence in his promise because I know he gave me this confidence for both of us and all of us. Today's lesson asks us to have faith in these promises. <laughs> I bring God's peace back to all his children because I received it of him for us all. Nothing can prevail against our united wills because nothing can prevail against God's. Would you know the will of God for you? Would you know the will of God for you? Ask it of me who knows it for you and you will find it 
I will deny you nothing, as God denies me nothing. Ours is simply the journey back to God, who is our home. Whenever fear anywhere along the road intrudes on peace, it is always because I've tried to reach that noodle, because the ego has attempted to join the journey with us. Cannot do so. Cannot do so. And now, paragraph 359. I think I have that tab just a second. Yep. Forgiveness is the healing of the perception of separation. Correct perception of each other is necessary because minds have willed to see themselves separate. Each soul knows God completely. That is the miraculous power of the soul. The fact that each one, each each of us, are oceans in a drop. Each of us, each soul knows God completely. That's the miraculous power of the soul. The fact that each one has his power completely is a fact that is entirely alien to human thinking in which anyone has everything. There's nothing left. But God's miracles are as total as his thoughts because they are his thoughts. Finally, as long as perception lasts, prayer has a place. Perception rests on lack in this belief I have to have this noodle. And those who perceive have not totally accepted atonement and given themselves over to truth. Perception is a separated state. The perceiver does need healing. Communion, not prayer, is the natural state of those who know God and his miracles are inseparable. How beautiful indeed. We're back to principle number seven in paragraph six and paragraph 57. How beautiful indeed, how beautiful indeed are the thoughts of God who live in his light. Your worth, your worth is beyond perception because it is without and beyond doubt. Do not perceive yourself in different lights. You can know yourself, know yourself certainty in the one light where the miracle that is you is perfectly clear. Those are my favorite quotes about these principles. I'm complete. Thank you so much, Lori. Thanks for doing that. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you very, very much. That was so rich. Great share. Thank you, you, Lori. This is Sandra, yeah, really quick. I just realized that the greatest act of friendship that I can give is to not judge. <laughs> I'm complete. Isn't that the truth? You are so right. Yeah. Thank you. And and the greatest peace. And and the greatest peace. I would add. Thank you.
and to make them feel loved from you. I think that a lot. I'm complete. Lori, as a recap, if, um, before the end of our call, any possibility you could just briefly read those five principles one more time? I'd like to have them all together. Uh, I think we covered six of them. Six of them. And the first wow. one is the first one is in paragraph forty-seven to deny the separation is to deny sickness and restore my sanity. And principle number two is truth will correct all illusions. And I would say also uh, in paragraph 48, I get the sense that truth is entirely different than perception because truth is a direct experience of knowing, whereas perception is an interpretation uh, based on arbitrary values. Principle number three is God's answer is already within your mind in the same place where you think sin exists. But sin has no cause. And I can let my mind yield to truth with much more ease than I can let it be aligned with the falsity of sin. Paragraph, or principle four is in paragraph 53. Forgiveness is my only function here. Cracks my mistaken thoughts. Principle number five is in paragraph 56. So salvation asks just a little wish that truth be true. And principle number six is the soul knows that it has and is everything in paragraph 57. I'm complete. Such a closing, Lori. <laughs> Lori, did you have a closing? Uh, I, I didn't have anything in particular, no. I just was reviewing those principles because uh, Mindy asked, I think. Has Lemoyne shared? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I took too much time. Thank you, Lemoyne. Oh, no. Oh, no, honey. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Mm. That really turned around yeah. my day, so thank you. Great, Mindy. Yeah, this is Lemoyne, and uh, y'all have emphasized most of everything. I've thought to bring forth, and so 
I just want to go back to one thing. Um, which is forgiveness. Where it says forgiveness is the only function here. The only function. And serves to bring the joy this world denies to every aspect of God's Son where sin was thought to rule. And and then it's where he says, perhaps you do not see the role forgiveness plays in ending death and all beliefs that rise from this of guilt. There, I didn't see it. <laughs> um, that then this thing of you know what forgiveness is or does is takes away what stands between your brother and yourself, and this is fifty three and four, and you know fifty four is a description of judgment. It's also the definition of an idol, where he has said previously, an idol is a belief that you value more than your brother. And so this is the sin or the compounded error that is is, uh, is an error, but it's an error with an incorrect response on top, and this is built this upside down world that's based on beliefs which impose between your brother and yourself um, the separation. So, and forgiveness takes away what stands between your brother and yourself. Forgiveness is the wish that you be joined with him and not apart. We call it a, quote, wish because it still conceives of other choices and has not yet reached beyond this world of choice entirely. Yet is this wish in line with heaven's state and not in opposition to God's will. So this this is, you know, this thing of aligning the will to discover our identity. It really is not a doing, but more of an undoing, an unlearning. So that what is forgiveness but a willingness the truth be true. And that's, that's really all that's asked of us is to be willing to you know, let the truth be true and not not perpetuate the separation and this uh, reversal of cause and effect. And cause and effect are one, but form is in the realm of effect, and cause is the content, which is given 
and in creation. So, and just to just begin to go back to this context of why is why is this so difficult? Why 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 does it seem so difficult? And why we need it and is to go to speak before in crucifixion is redemption laid for healing is not needed where there is no pain nor suffering. Forgiveness is the answer to attack of any kind. So is attack deprived of its effect and hate is answered in the name of love. And this, yeah. So this is the way in which forgiveness or the withdrawal of our judgment <coughs> as a separate being, um, trying to find the world instead of going with it. That this is the way in which we enter the space where every loving thought is true and everything else is a call for healing and help. So let forgiveness be the answer to attack of any kind, whether it's, you know, happening in front of me and I'm a bystander or whether it seems to be happening to me or whether it rises up in me. Forgiveness is the answer to attack of any kind. And this is the way in which the world of separation is dissolved, not in some massive destruction of the world of form, but in just the melting in to the unity that's already there. And with that, I'm complete. And thank you all for being here. Those who who shared, listened, read, those who may come on the recording in the future, thank you all. And I'll end the recording, but the call will continue for a while yet. So, blessed be.